Hello and welcome back to another episode of the China Path podcast. James Scullin here from the Australia-China Business Council. On this week's episode, we take a look at how one of the world's fastest growing exercise crazes, F45, is breaking into China. I caught up with General Manager for F45 Training, Shanghai, Lauren Hogan, to hear about how the Australian-born high-intensity training phenomenon is tapping into the growing demand for health and wellness in China. We look at how the franchise model works in China, how F45 uses WeChat to recruit trainers and participants, and we also look at China's growing fitness scene. As a fitness community builder, advocate for women's sports in Shanghai, and endurance athlete, Lauren Hogan not only works to support others' aspirations, but also draws inspiration from those around her. Founder of the first women's international football club in Shanghai, prior to introducing the world's largest city to F45 training, she works to get people moving well while having fun. Now, I should also note that when I caught up with Lauren in Shanghai, I was feeling a little under the weather, and I fully understand the irony of being sick in an episode about health and fitness. In any case, I hope you enjoy our discussion. I'm here in Shanghai with Lauren Hogan, who is the general manager of F45 Shanghai. Lauren, thanks for dropping by to the podcast. Thanks so much for having me and for taking the time. What is F45, Lauren? So F45 stands for Functional Training for 45 Minutes. It's a mixture of high-intensity interval training as well as resistance-based training. So Monday, Wednesday, Friday, always cardio, high-intensity. Tuesday, Thursday, Sunday, always resistance and lifting weights. And then Saturday will be 60 minutes, a mix of both. Um, Usually has a DJ on site to kind of add a bit more fun and funkiness into it. And then every single time you come to class, you'll never do the same workout twice. Right. So there's always something different. It's always the same workout here that you would experience back in Australia, back in New York, back in Singapore. They're always going to be the same for that day. Um, But you'll never do that same one again. So each day at F45 is, is is a different workout regimen. Do you, um, are they bespoke lessons created here in China or do they come from a a head office somewhere? They come from the head office. So there's an athletics team that creates all the workouts about a quarter in advance and then we get sent them every week. So we can only see one week in advance. Um, And then every day is completely new workout. We've never, our members have never seen it before, but everyone from Australia to New York to wherever will be doing that same workout. So it does create that global community as well as the local. Yeah. Um, and have you had any troubles downloading that content here in China? <laughs> if only everyone listening could see my face right <laughs> now. Um, yes. <laughs> that was one of the hardest things about opening up in China is especially with the great firewall problems, um, so to speak. The tech, how it was when it, we first started, I would be sitting in the studio sometimes till 10 o'clock at night just trying to download programs through my computer using a VPN to try and get them back onto the TV so that tomorrow's 6 a.m. class could have them and I'd be exhausted by the end of the day just sitting there trying to get things up and running into work. Um, That's fortunately changed since around November. Yeah. Um, They've got a really good tech crew at headquarters and I know they've worked tirelessly not only for our tech issues but for those around the world because I'm sure everywhere is different. Um, But we're now all on one very smooth process that takes, I don't know, 10 minutes max at night um, to download the next next day's program. Um, and they've been very good about answering any weird questions. 
any questions about weird things that crop up yeah. um, since then. Now, you're from Florida, but but how, how long has F45 been around in Australia for? F45 started in Australia in 2012 in Sydney. Um, and now in 2019, there are 1,500 studios around the world. Wolf. It's the fastest growing fitness franchise in the world. Wow. Yeah. Um, and how long have you had a presence in China? We opened in 2017. Okay. So almost two years. It'll be two years in July. Okay. Now, was there anything different about operating in China to other expansions around the world? Um, I do think that with every country, there's probably some bit of red tape that comes with it. China's definitely falls right into that category. Once you find the building site, mm. it's trying to go through the fire safety procedures and then it's making sure you have all the correct documentation yeah. and then it's, you know, some, the landlord doesn't like something so you have to appease him somehow and yeah. there's always some little bits and bobs that are not even at the beginning but throughout the entire time. Okay. Yeah. Um, and so, like, was it always an aspiration for F45 to have operations here in China? I think so. I think they're looking to grow and expand as much as they can. But they're also being smart about trying to find the right time to enter different markets mm. and trying to get people on the ground that really understand those markets versus just opening up a studio just to open it. Okay. Um, so so what, is, what does the fitness market look like in China? Is, is, is fitness something that usually takes place in, in only first-tier cities or is it more prevalent across rural China or like, can you give us a sense of what, what the fitness market looks like in China these days? Definitely. Um, it's growing massively here. It's, it's been a really interesting thing to see grow. Uh, back when I first lived here in first moved here in 2011, mm. I'm really big into running. I'd run on the streets. You wouldn't see a soul. You get the strangest looks. People be like, what are you doing? Yep. Now there's been a big push. Um, by 2020, they want a certain amount of green space in Shanghai, um, more health and wellness education in their programs, more sports. They're opening up these massive running endeavors, running races throughout the country, as many as they possibly can. Um, fitness is, is really taking a boom here, but there's still a lack of education. So, you know, there's all these people that are like, okay, let's go to the gym. The gym's like the cool thing, but they don't really understand the gym itself. Some people are maybe going because it's looks cool or, you know, they're in these cool sports bras or whatever. Um, right, but they don't do do any workouts or anything. Yeah, exactly. Okay. <laughs> I mean, it's hilarious when we get free trialers that come in and they're bringing in their phone and, like, bringing their phone around to every station and you just watch them and you're like, your phone's going to get smashed. Like, it's high intensity. <laughs> yeah. There's no room for phones right now. You need to set it aside. Um, so there's still, a, there's still a, lot, a lot of education that needs to be done, but it's getting there. Um, I'd say if you went to a place like New York City, you'd see it saturated because there's fitness trends every yeah. month coming in. Yeah. Um, here, there's obviously millions of people and so much more density than New York City and still not as many fitness studios per square foot yeah. or block or wherever. Um, are there domestic-based Chinese fitness centers that are also starting up or do the fitness centers tend to have some type of Western or foreign connection? There's, there are some. There are some. Um, you'll get the kind of mass gyms where you have personal trainers and machinery. Mm. You have a lot of those cropping up. Um, places like Will's is a, a big name one here. Um, and then you have more functional studios. Um, like Super Monkey Fit is kind of a bigger one that's cropping up. And 
um, it's a little bit similar to F45 in certain aspects, but then also very different um, in terms of their technology and, and the types of trainers, um, trainer education okay. that we use. Um, and what type of demographics are you seeing at, at, at F45 in, in, in Shanghai in particular? When we first started, it was much more expat heavy. Um, okay. Now we're bridging that gap and it's right up there, both same on par with both local and expat. I think the beauty for us is that we have so many international travelers, international people that come to live and stay. And now that F45 is so big, they're in 40 countries worldwide. They come, they're trying to find a community. They don't know anyone here. F45 mm. is a given community for them. They just put it in oh, there's an F45 there. It's kind of like, you know, if I was to go back to the U.S., I'd have these certain places that I'd want to live close to. So maybe right. I'm even going to choose my neighborhood based on yeah. F45 because I want to be involved with the community. Sure, yeah. Mm. So, so how many F45 operations are there in China at the moment? In mainland China, there's Beijing, us, Suzhou, Shenzhen, Guangzhou that I'm aware of. And then Hong Kong's been around a little bit longer. They have about nine studios, I believe, there. So they're they're quite involved there. Okay. Um, and how do you go about promoting a, a, a different type of fitness um, to, to your regular workout? How do you go about promoting that here in China? Uh, WeChat is the number one tool we use. Okay. Um, Chinese marketing, it's social media for everything. It's your Facebook, your Instagram, your this and that and everything is all tied into this one uh, platform called WeChat. Um, you even use it for business, use it for communication. In most other F45s around the world, you have to hit a certain number of Facebook followers and Instagram followers, but here it's very, very different. So we use WeChat as our marketing for any events we have coming up, any photo galleries, um, even just to communicate with potential um, potential members. Mm. Um, and then we're also tapping into a bit more social media like Weibo, um, and mostly, of course, just word of mouth, like I said, um, new faces coming into Shanghai or trying to do sweat sessions with groups like Lululemon here and um, just getting our presence a bit more out there. Yeah. Um, and actually, so we do a two-week free trial here. We find it really gets people into the rhythm, into the community. They get to understand how it works yeah. and they get to understand the trainers and the members as well. Okay. And they see results after two weeks. Yeah. But in order to sign up, they have to follow our WeChat account. So oh, right. okay. it's one of our biggest tools in marketing for that reason because everyone that walks in our door and wants to train has to follow us on WeChat. F45 also has this very strong um, focus on, on, on teamwork yes. and, and, and working together when you're working out. Is this a particular aspect that appeals to, to Chinese customers? You know, that's a really interesting question, actually. Um, and it's not something we've put a lot of thought into just because F45 is what it is. I think it's actually quite an easy way for... Um, Chinese to get a sense of community because you're not working out with all 27 people that are in the room. Mm. You're maybe two to three per station. So we have everyone introduce each other at the start of class, whoever we've paired them up with. Sometimes people choose their friends. Sometimes if it's a new person coming in, we'll pair them up with a regular member. Okay. So that regular member will maybe show them around the room, how it works, direct them. And then by the end of that class, they've kind of had their hand held, right. to, so to say, um, but it also creates that little bit of a bond like, oh, thank you so much for showing me how it's done. So it's not so much that it's in your face like, here's our community yeah. or here's our team. Be a part of it. It's Here's a small aspect of a larger community. Okay. Um, how does the franchise model here work in China? So every F45 is a franchise. 
So we have the franchise rights for the two studios that are currently in Shanghai. Yeah. Um, Beijing's completely separate. Other China, Chinese studios are completely separate. Our owners um, have been in Shanghai for years and years and years. They own a variety of different bars and restaurants. They decided to take the franchise ownership for particular areas of Shanghai. So we have the first rights to those areas of Shanghai. So if someone comes in and wants to open a franchise, we have first right refusal to those areas. We can either build a location in those areas or we can say, oh, no, we don't really want that particular place. So there you go. You can have it. Okay. Yeah, so Lauren, you mentioned that there's, you know, some red tape required to 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 start an F45 gym in China. Um what what is some of the documentation that's required? Um so there's documentation for F45 when you go through the opening process. Yeah. You have to show, you know, your entrance, you have to show that the equipment is a certain height, you have to show every corner of the studio to make sure it's a okay. Yeah. Once you pass that inspection, then you have the local business inspection and don't quote me on this but i believe every um every district has their own rules and regulations okay yeah. so it could be one thing here it could be one thing there yeah um and then you have to go through the red tape of the chinese business license and making sure all your i's and t's are dotted and crossed because you don't want i mean so many businesses here close and open because of little things and especially landlord issues. You want to make sure your, your landlord is very happy with you. Yeah. You have to make sure and check that, that the noise levels are okay and that nearby tenants are satisfied, so to speak. Um, there's even fire licensing that you have to do, which can take a lot of extra time. And of course, when you have those big holidays that get in the way, like Chinese New Year, yeah. people are gone for sometimes two weeks at a time. So you might be ready to open your studio then they come back and they're like, oh, but I'm backed up and it's, right. you know, I'll get to it. And you're like, but I am wasting money now because the build, building's ready to go. But I need you to say, okay, the fire license is approved. How does the brand maintain consistency across all of its franchises internationally? They do a really good job of providing us with resources and also different tools to make sure, like a trainer's catalog, a trainer's manual, um, studio rules and regulations. Here's a waiver form. Of course, each studio can adapt that to his or hers uh, preference. Yeah. But there are those basic guidelines that we can work off of. And then there's some things that are just no-go. Like you're not allowed to open a coffee or juice bar connected to your studio. It should just be oh, straight right. at 45 because, okay. I mean, it, it makes sense, right? You don't want one studio to have be driving revenue somewhere else and it's not the same as another one. Um, I think the fortunate thing for us here in Shanghai is because we are such a international group, um, both, both members and trainers, a lot of us have been to other F45 studios mm. and we all share notes of what we've liked best about it and what we didn't really enjoy so much about our experience. Okay. Um, so we've tried to pick the best from those other studios and as we keep continuing to go and visit, make visits elsewhere, um, and just see how we can make our product a bit better and um, give our members that real community experience. Okay. Is there anything different about opening up a franchise in China compared to Australia, for example? I think one of the most difficult things new franchisee owners have to deal with or potential franchisee owners have to deal with is the cost. You could have a studio in Shanghai. T- take our studios, for example. 
they could be three kilometers away from a place like Shantiandi. The rent could be twice as much in Shantiandi compared to like three kilometers away. Mm. So you have a lot of people from what I've, from who I've talked to with um, wanting to open in Europe where rent costs are very, very high in certain cities. And they're like, oh, we know it would do great here. But the model as it currently works doesn't really make them enough money to sustain that business or else they have to set their memberships high. So they really have to believe in the product. Okay. In order to do that, but if you have, you know, a place like Munich, for example, where people have a lot of access to outdoors, they might be really into their cycling or their sport, and you know, they go to the gym, but it's not their thing that they need in their life every day. It's going to be a harder sell, even if you really believe in the product, until you can find that right location to make that more cost effective. And and has that been a challenge for you in in Shanghai, finding the right types of locations in the in the, in the right places? We've been very lucky so far with our current locations. Um, Now, as we start to branch out from our first pinpoints on the map, it's getting a bit trickier because, you know, as I mentioned before, the market's getting a bit more saturated with fitness studios as as health and wellness grows here. Mm. And so with that trend, as well as more buildings, more malls, more growth in Shanghai, um, yes, it is becoming a bit trickier just to find places that meet all the criteria, have all the right needs, and the rent isn't going to be astronomical. So sh- Shanghai is being claimed to be China's traditionally most Western city. Um, is, is this something that you see in, in health and fitness over here in China, that Shanghai is maybe the fastest city to pick up this mm-hmm. health and wellness culture compared to other parts of China? I definitely think so. I think, one, there's the... I mean, it's very international-based. People are leaving and coming all the time, so they have that gym culture. Um, Like I said, there's a lot of people that you'll see now out for runs and stuff, and fortunately, most of the time, the city's not as polluted, so you can get out on nice air days, whereas a place like Beijing, maybe it's a bit darker. um, It's not as easily accessible, so the F45 there, it's not going to be as easily reachable for a larger as large of a community as our studios would just because of how wide, how much Beijing is spread out. Mm. What language are the classes conducted in? So all our classes are currently in English, but most of our trainers can at least speak beginner Chinese. Um, some of our instructors are, influ- are fluent as well. Um, and we've even had classes where, not that they were marketed as bilingual, um, although most of our classes really could be said for as such. Um, but we've had some of our trainers give class in both English and Chinese, which is quite impressive when you only have two minutes to do an intro and run through about 18 exercises and you're speaking in both English and Chinese. Um, right. And it, it really gives our members a smile. They're like, whoa, I don't know what just happened, but that was impressive. Um, I do think the beauty of the F45 product is that we do use TVs at the front of the room. Okay. So we have the instructors to motivate, to encourage, to you know, give new cues and instruct. But we have those TVs up at the front so people can see the exercises and they don't have to be asking the trainer, what was this again? What was that? I wasn't paying attention. Um, So even for someone who doesn't speak English or Chinese, they can still see what they're meant to be doing and then the trainer can come over and give them corrections and cues to help them with. And how do you go about sourcing and and training trainers here? Great question. That's actually really difficult Um, because, I mean, there's a number of things that come into it and that is probably a little bit of the red tape as well as 
Um, in order to work as an expat in China, you have to have a college degree. So you might have mm. a lot of people back home that didn't attend university but are incredibly knowledgeable about um, health, coaching, and fitness. Yeah. So unless they're here with a partner, then that's one bit of red tape that's kind of like, okay, well, in some ways it makes more sense to hire someone full-time if they have the university degree and they um, have the health and fitness certificates. It's also not required to have a health and fitness certificate to be a coach in China. Mm. Um, we required it at our studio because we do want to ensure that we're serving the best product out there and giving people what they're paying for and making sure people are safe. Um, but because that's not a requirement, it does lower the standard of instruction for anyone who's trying to become a fitness professional in China. So okay. if you go through certain certifications, you might not get the same level as what you would get back in Australia or in the U.S. Okay. Um, so that makes it a bit more difficult to find instructors who we feel really represent the brand and also have the personality, um, which is kind of, in a sense, a bit of a cheerleading, motivational coach type personality. Mm. Um, which is also a bit difficult in China where people are a bit more reserved and want you to ask them questions where that's just not an approach we can take when you have only a 45-minute workout and people are rotating every few seconds. Yeah. So are all the trainers across China currently expats? Not to my knowledge. I, okay. I don't think so, but it's not something I'm, I'm sure on. Okay. In the future, you'd look to get more uh, Chinese trainers on board taking those classes? Yes, definitely. Um, the, I mean, the more Chinese trainers we have, the larger we can grow and support those who are new to health and wellness and their level of English isn't up there and there's so much more education we can give them as a result. Yeah, awesome. My thanks to Lauren for sharing about F45 cracking into the market in China. To learn more about F45 in China, drop by to our podcast homepage at acbc.com.au forward slash podcasts, where you'll also find all our previous episodes. If you've enjoyed the podcast, please give us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts and help us to continue to grow our listenership. If you have a friend, colleague or client with an interest in doing business with China, please pass on one of our episodes. This activity received funding from Austrade as part of the Free Trade Agreement Market Entry Grant Program. The views expressed herein are not necessarily the views of the Commonwealth of Australia and the Commonwealth does not accept responsibility for any information or advice contained herein. That's it for this episode. Thanks again for listening. Until next time, Zai Jian.